It is uh, good to be with you this morning, and um, I am not going to talk so much about the ministry of Word of Life, but I will set the stage for it. If I was to say, why does Word of Life exist? I would say it this way. Word of Life exists because we believe that God can create a revival in Canada And he's going to do it through his young people. Word of life exists because we believe that God can bring a revival to Canada and he's going to do it through his young people. And so the ministry of word of life is wholeheartedly 100% focused on reaching today's young people. And if there's any other, any uh, young man or young lady that wants to learn about this ministry of word life and how they could potentially be a part of that ministry that is passionate about reaching today's young people in the culture that it lives, you can just come talk to me. To give you an idea, the second year students will be going through this in the days ahead. We're going to be talking about the youth culture, and we're going to be talking about how to truly minister in today's youth culture, because if you're going to be effective in ministering to young people, you better know their culture. Let me give you, I'm going to play a video here, and I'm going to, in this video, it'll give you a concept of how fluid culture is. In a nutshell, it gives you a, uh, just so that you're aware, um, I sit on the board of a certain company. This isn't too far off. And uh, we, we have to figure out how do you minister to a youth culture that so many of our young people today don't even know life without, without the internet. How do we figure out to minister today's youth culture that in my mind, and it should be also very uh, um, in your mind as well, when I say fluid, I literally mean fluid. It's always changing. And how do we minister in that? And that video there just gives you a very brief capsule to this world of technology is probably the most fluid It's always changing. So, if you're interested in uh, that kind of a ministry that's looking to reach that kind of a culture, you can come talk to me and I'd love to tell you about the ministry of our life. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Matthew. Chapter 28, two uh, two very familiar verses. Matthew chapter 28. 
And just before we look at the verses, let me, uh, I'm just going to share this morning a little something that is very important to my own life and that I not only try to practice, but I am taking it upon myself to make sure I share it as much as I can. It's not anything earth-shattering. It's just something that is so simple that it gets overlooked. You know, back in, 19, uh, in 2006, Time Magazine, um, this is, uh, Time Magazine acknowledged that uh, you, quote-unquote, you were the man or the person of the year. And then on their cover, they, they literally uh, put on their cover like a transparency so that when you were looking at their, at their magazine, you, uh, you were kind of looking at yourself because they wanted, to, wanted you to acknowledge that uh, you were the person of the year, of how important you were. What I would like to do here this morning is I would like to challenge you in regards to a certain topic. It's also interesting that uh, Yale University did a study on words and, and, and what words seem to always be the most important in the English language. The number, the, the word that was number one, you. You. Some of the other ones from there on out were, uh, so you tops the list and then it was followed by easy, Money, save, love, new, discovery, results, proven, and guarantee. These are all the, the, uh, some of the uh, most important words in the English language, but what tops them all is the word you. And so this morning I want to focus, in all honesty, on you. I find it also very interesting that within our culture, culture, it's always fluid, I find it so interesting that within our culture, energy seems to be a very precious resource. And I'm not talking about natural energy such as sunlight, water, or power. What I'm talking about is energy in our own lives. How do I know it's such a precious resource? Because you as well, you as well as myself, what is one of the first things that we usually go to in the morning when we get up? Most of us go for the old Java, right? We go for the coffee because we need that, what we perceive to be, we need that little boost to give us the energy for the day, I know this to be a fact, because even in their research, I don't represent them, but I can tell you that they are very thankful for you. Monster energy drink. (laughs) Right? I sat down with a uh, gentleman the other day, and uh, that, you know, he doesn't, anytime I meet with him, he doesn't bring a coffee, he brings his monster energy drink. Why? Because everybody wants that extra boost of energy for the day. Why? Because every one of us are so busy. 
I don't represent them, as I said, but I'm sure they're going to thank you because let me give you some uh, uh, little quotes here from Monster Energy. Monster Energy Drink. Last year, they brought in $2.86 million, which is a 35% jump just from last year. You know, the funny part is, most of us want to be like Tigger, <laughs> but we're really Eeyore. And we feel like we need that extra energy to make us be like Tigger. And Monster Energy Drink thanks you for all of your contributions. And for society as a whole, it's interesting how that and Monster Energy is only just one of them. And also, if you go to Google, you'll identify that when you do a Google search in their engine there, one of the top researched sites on Google is, glad you asked, it is this, how to get more energy. Everybody wants it. There is, not, there is not a youth ministry that I don't go to that I discover in my travels over the years that one of the main components that I constantly hear all the time is, Barry, I'm really busy. Barry, I'm really busy. I am so busy. I am so busy. I am so busy. And we're all looking for that extra little edge to help us get through what we have built up as busyness. For some of us, it's the coffee, and for some of us, it's the monster energy drinks or whatever energy drink you're consuming. Do you know, what, uh, do you know what's interesting? Our youth culture is into it big time. Man, they're not even out of high school, and they're looking for energy. So how do you minister? Or what is it that I want to draw to your attention from Matthew? Well, I would like to challenge you in regards to the fact that the topic of discipleship is worth your energy. So if you look at Matthew chapter 28, and we're just going to read a couple of verses very familiar ones. Matthew 28, verses 18 and 20. Go therefore, and what does he say after that? Make what? Oh, no, 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 you can say it louder. Make what? Disciples. disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Of all the things that Jesus could have said, as he eventually will ascend into heaven and his marching orders to the local church is to go and make disciples.
and this charge of making disciples students is not a passive one. Could you get that into our heads, please? It's not a passive one. And what I mean by that is, it's not easy to make disciples. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes work. It takes investment. That's not just a light command. It's not a passive thing. And yet it was important enough that here we find it in the scriptures from our Lord Jesus' mouth himself. And I just put here, God has called us into the church to take an active role in both our own discipleship and in the discipleship of those around us. I like what this gentleman wrote, Billy Hanks. I hadn't, I, I, I might have known of him, but I, I, I didn't realize he made this quote. But Billy Hanks, who was the founder of the Navigators, and he also is the founder of uh, Operation Multiplication, he said this, I've never met a mature Christian, only maturing Christians. Did you get it? I have never met a mature Christian, only maturing Christians. The principle that should be always growing. You and I should be desiring, not only should our personal walk with God continually be growing and improving and learning and studying and reading and all of your time here, maximize your time that you have here. Drink it all in. That's good. But then also find somebody else to invest in. I wrote down for myself, what is discipleship? Discipleship is placing yourself under the authority of another and embracing their values and lifestyle as you engraft biblical principles into your life. To make my point, I'd like you to look up a couple of verses. Matthew 27, verses 57. If somebody finds it, could you read it out nice and loud for everybody? Matthew twenty-seven fifty-seven. When the evil was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. Right. Acts fourteen twenty-one. Acts fourteen twenty-one. Would somebody mind reading that one out nice and loud? And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. Look up here for a moment. 
In those verses, and when you see the word disciple, the interpretation of that word, as it is in translated, it is, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but matheteo, and it means not only to learn, but to become attached to one's teacher and to become his follower in doctrine and conduct of life. Do you see that? So when it uses the word disciple, it's not just talking about the fact of a passing acquaintance. It's not just talking about something that is basic, but it is talking literally about the fact that as his disciple... Not only am I I a follower, but I am embracing all that he is teaching, and I am engrafting that or placing that into my life as well. That's what we're talking about. I personally believe that there is a difference between discipleship and mentorship. I talk to a lot of youth leaders who I think, in my opinion, have a misconception of the difference between discipleship and mentorship. See, in my opinion, and even in the context of the Scripture there, discipleship is a lifetime process. It is a lifestyle. It focuses the development of the complete person and is usually on principles and values mentorship is usually limited to time and scope. Sometimes in a relationship, it can start as a mentorship and then flow into discipleship. Or maybe it started with discipleship, but eventually maybe uh, distance has brought a separation and it, it might turn into more of a, a more of a mentor type relationship. I am sharing with you students because I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt. And the reason I can say this with such authority is in my limited time with Word of Life and I work with college and career regularly, I know this to be a fact. Very few of us actually have a disciple learner in our lives. And very few of us are actually even discipling someone. And yet if he, within Scripture, my Lord Jesus, said to go and make disciples, and if I'm not involved in that process, can I challenge you, what are you involved in? What are you doing? I was at a youth conference a little while ago, and I was teaching a group of youth leaders on this very subject. And I challenged them as I'm challenging you. If you're not involved in discipleship, then what in green earth are you doing? If you don't have somebody who's investing in your life, then something's not quite right. I'll tell you this, he's not here. He won't mind. I'm not not going to embarrass him. Do you know who was my discipler, but now he's my mentor and I love him for it? You're a third-year student's guys. You're listening to him. He's a great man. He was my discipler and he's become my mentor. 
Every time I talk on the phone to my mentor, you know what? One of the first things that he always says to me on the phone, Barry, I've read this great book. You need to get your hands on it. Matter of fact, Barry, I'll get it for you, and I want you to read it. And here's the cool things I saw. That's what a mentor does. And maybe you're all better than me, but I don't think you are. We're all on the same page. I need a mentor. And I need a discipler. Here's the thing, students. So do our young people. Almost every statistic when our young people, when our youth culture is surveyed, almost every statistic points to the fact that the majority of our young people do not have a hero. Why can't you be it? Right? So... I find it interesting as well. Was that five minutes I had left? Two minutes. Wow. I'll close with these two comments. Of the 233 times, of the 200 of the 261 times that the word disciple occurs in the Gospels, 28 of them are in the book of Acts. But here's the interesting part. After the book of Acts, disciple is not used again. So what words did God use within the scripture after the book of Acts to illustrate still the principle of discipleship? Well, on your own, later on, you can research it and you will find that God uses the word example and he uses the word follow, which both carry the same meaning as in regards to the word disciple. So, I like uh, a very old book that was written a long time ago that is called The Lost Art of Discipleship Making by Leroy Imes. He made this quote. What then did he mean in his prayer when he said, I have finished the work? When you read the prayer carefully, you will notice that he did not mention miracles or multitudes, but 40 times he referred to the men whom God had given him out of this world. These men were his work. His ministry touched thousands, but he trained 12 men. He gave his life on the cross for millions, but during the three and a half years of his ministry, he gave uniquely to 12 men. He discipled. So that leads me to ask this this of you. We have youth. We have children. We have you as students. Can I say to you, are you able with clarity and all honesty able to answer these questions? Who is discipling you? And who are you discipling? Because if you don't have those components in your life, I would like to challenge you to get them in your life.
Who is discipling you and who are you discipling? And more often than not, the more young men that I talk to, almost every man, young man generally that I talk to doesn't have anybody investing in their life. Find someone. No ifs, ands, or buts. Find someone. And it could be right here at this school. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this morning and for the privilege that is mine to share with these dear students. My prayer this morning, Father, is that in a small way we have all been challenged, reminded of the importance of discipleship and mentorship, but also, Lord, been challenged in regards to the fact of how important it is to have someone in our lives who we're allowing them to disciple us and that then we go and disciple someone. In your name I pray, amen. Can I just say this in closing? You know, I know that you're all involved in some type of ministry. I mean, when I was here, I had to do the same thing. Can I say to you, when you go and do that ministry, if you're not thinking investment and discipleship, I don't know why you're going. If it's just to fulfill a commitment that the school puts on you, you're in the wrong mindset. If you're working with young people, invest. Pour into them while you're there. And show to today's young people there can be somebody who loves God, wants to serve God, and is excited by it. Okay? Don't just do it because you have to. Do it because you want to make an investment. That's from me, just from me to you to end our time here this morning. <laughs> Thanks.